Essence of One. I truly believe that I was created first and foremost to be loved by you, God, and then to love you back. So thank you for intimately engaging with me, my audience of one, as I read your word this week. Holy Spirit, you gave me ears to hear and eyes to see whatever you wanted to show me as we read through Matthew 5 and through Matthew 5 and 6:15. So we started with Matthew Actually Matthew 4. We started with Matthew 4:12. This is where Jesus, you went and preached repentance in Galilee. This was after John was thrown into prison, which later he was beheaded. And I wondered why, why John, who you stated, in Matthew 11, 11, that there was not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. So why he wasn't rescued out of prison? I remember that being the question, Lord. Why you didn't spare him from the beheading? And learning just, you know, this was an example of the do not test the Lord your God to me. Your ways are not my ways. And you state that in Isaiah 55. You say, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, declares the Lord. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is a great anchor verse, Lord, to stand on when I don't understand your ways. (laughs) Oh... So, after John was thrown into prison, Jesus goes back to Galilee, and the Aramaic word for Galilee means revelation of God. I love learning these insights to the meanings of names and places, Lord. So, verse 14 in Matthew 4 states that you did this to fulfill another prophecy out of Isaiah. So Isaiah 9, 1 and 2 says, Those in the land of Galilee, the land of the non-Jewish people, you who spend your days shrouded in darkness, can now say that we've seen a brilliant light, and those living in the dark shadow land of death can now say the dawning light arises on us that's you Jesus and then in Matthew 4 17 it tells us what you were preaching to them Jesus you were preaching repentance you said keep turning away from your sins and coming back to God for heaven's kingdom realm is now accessible I had just gone to church for the first time in, let's see, March, April, May, June, July, in six months, the first time because of COVID-19, went to my old church. And I just had such a desire to gather with other believers, Lord God. And Andy preached on repentance there out of the book of Jonah. 
And the big takeaway was that repentance is simply a response from us after we experience your great pursuit of us, where you show your extravagant love and grace upon us, where we receive acceptance and forgiveness of sins. This is what you were preaching here in Galilee, the repentance of sins, to turn away. And this was my story. Lord God, you pursued me over and over and over again and again until finally uh, my repentance truly stayed on your path and did not sway and turn off again, which I'm so thankful for, Lord. That's all praise and glory to you. So then we move on to Matthew 4, 18 through 25. And this is where Jesus, you called your disciples and you did some ministry of healing. Lord, I believe here we have you calling Peter and Andrew as they were fishing. You said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they dropped their nets and left everything behind to come follow you. So I wondered why they would have done this, Lord. So in my search, I found out that this was really probably not their first encounter with you. Although chronologically, in the way Matthew's laid out, it was what was written next in the text. But that is what's so great about the scriptures, Lord God, that the scriptures interpret the scriptures. And so by me going to the other gospel accounts and and the various other pieces of the story are made clear through them. And you went on to call James and John And they were fishermen as well. And you also said to them, come, follow me. And at once, they left their father and they began to follow you. Lord God, I love this because to me, a Christian is not one who simply believes the truth about Jesus. For even the demons believe. But the true mark of a Christian is one who follows you, Jesus, in their everyday life. So we moved on to some of your healings. And Lord, here in verse 24 of Matthew 4, it said, Everyone who was brought to you, Jesus, was healed. Wow. And it states every kind of illness. It specifies epileptics, paralytics, those that were tormented by demons. It said you healed them all, Jesus. It also says that you taught in the synagogues and that you were preaching hope of the kingdom realm. And this this all resulted in massive crowds of people following you, Lord. I pray a revival like this, Father, Jesus and Holy Spirit. I pray a revival just like this of the lost turning to you again, Jesus, completely following you wholeheartedly all their remaining days and to remain faithful to your love and your sacrifice to us. It's what this world needs now, Lord God. It's a complete revival. We move on to Matthew 5, and here we have the Sermon on the Mount, the wonderful Beatitudes. It also talked about the salt and the light. Here, Lord, you were teaching your followers a superior way to live. 
more superior than the outward observance of the Ten Commandments. You're putting the emphasis on the inward transformation, the inward transformation of our hearts and our minds, and also the promise of your power to actually fulfill all that you ask of us, which is the best part, because we can't do this on our own. We totally need the Spirit of God to do any of these things. And, and it goes on to say, blessed are those. And, and then it states the eight Beatitudes. And I love it because my word for the year is blessed. The word for 2020 was blessed. You told me to bless others. So just to move forward in life, blessing people with my words and my prayers. And the word for, or the definition for blessed means enriched. Happy, fortunate, delighted, blissful, contented. And it goes on to say great happiness, prosperity, abundant goodness. And to have the capacity to enjoy and delight in union and communion with you, my triune God, which is the very best thing, Lord. Eight Beatitudes went on to say, I will lay them out. And it says, God blesses those who are, one, who are poor in spirit, who realize their need for God. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That's the promise. Blessed are those who mourn the promise, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who are meek or humble. And the promise is they will inherit the whole earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the promise, for they shall be filled or satisfied. Blessed are those who are merciful. And the promise is they will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who are pure in heart. And the promise, for they will see God. Love that. Blessed are the peacemakers. And the promise, for they will be called children of God. And blessed are the persecuted, or those for doing a right. And the promise is theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All of those had a promise attached to them, Lord God. And I noticed that the first and the eighth have the same promise attached. The first one is, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And their promise is, Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And the last one, Blessed are the persecuted for righteousness. And their promise is the same. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like they were bookends holding all of those things together. The kingdom of heaven is those things that lie right there beneath those two. And you go on to add to that eighth one on persecution, speaking of it more in verses 11 and 12. And you say, be happy when you're persecuted for following Jesus. And you state, a great reward awaits you in heaven 
Lord, I thank you as I believe I've truly been blessed to receive all of these wonderful blessings, these Beatitudes. I very much enjoy and delight in my union and my communion with you daily. And I pray forth these Beatitudes, Lord God, for my children and my family and all my loved ones and friends. Then we move on to Matthew 5 through Matthew 6, 4. And Lord, here you talk about being the salt and the light. You call me to let my light, which is you, Holy Spirit, in me, light up the world around me. I love that my I got a gift of a gold sparkling star, a little like Christmas tree ornament, and it just has all these crevices on it and glitters every way you turn it. And Mary Ann Olson, my spiritual mother, gave this to me with this verse, and she told me to make sure I let my light shine brightly for all to see. And I have this, Lord, in my God room, and I look upon it as a reminder of you, Holy Spirit, in me. These next verses go on to flip the thought of the listeners to take a deeper understanding of the law and showing the inside work that's needed to be tended to in our hearts. That you came, Jesus, not only to fill the law, but even more so to expand the understanding of it, to get to the root trouble that we have in our hearts that cause us to sin in these various ways. So like, do not murder. You go on to say, do not even hold anger in our hearts towards another. And Lord, obviously you say this because it is the spark of that anger that would lead one down the path to murder in the first place. So therefore stopping it right there when it's anger is your heavenly insight to the kingdom realm. You expand on relationships and repentance in them and adultery and you tell us to not even lust as this too would be the spark that leads to adultery. You tell us Lord to let our yes be yes and our no be no, to be honorable and trustworthy in our words and to follow through with them. You say, don't even repay evil for evil. But give the shirt off your backs. You tell us to share generously. And you tell us not to brag about it, but to do it secretly. And then in Matthew 6, 4, you go on to say, to love and pray for our enemies. To bless those who curse us. And Lord, I love the prayer. One of my favorite prayers is, when I get triggered by somebody who hurts me is, Lord, bless them, change me. And I want you to bless them so that I can release them from whatever I'm holding against them. And that's the change that I want in me is to be, to be able to apply that forgiveness balm on them so I don't hold it against them and release them. And then they don't have the power over me so that's the wonderful prayer for praying for my enemies bless them change me lord and all of these 
that I just went through reveal our true identity as your children, Lord God. And also that it's an inside job that, Holy Spirit, you do. You transform us into your likeness. Praise the Lord for you, Holy Spirit. And then we go on to Matthew 6, 5 through 15, which is the Our Father prayer, which is the beautiful model, Jesus, that you gave your disciples when they asked you, how should we pray? It's a template, so to speak. It's the the outline of the things you want us to focus on. It's not so much as repeating the words of this prayer, which we all do in the world, but it's the emphasis on the how and what to focus on. And Lord, you had been emphasizing this prayer for me this week in three different places. I had started listening to a meditation on my one of my prayer apps, and it was on the Lord's Prayer. And each day we took 20 minutes and we focused on each line in the prayer. And then I did a prayer and intimacy class, and just this week they added a breakdown of the prayer. And it was so similar to what I taught uh, in Toastmasters in February. So I looked on my videos because I recorded that and I just went over what I taught and it was excellent. Excellent. Basically, it was just what you had already showed me. And I love it, Lord, that you tell us not to seek attention in our prayers or to repeat empty words, but to pray from a sincere heart in the secret place, to go into our room and close the door So it's more about what we do alone, Lord, in our time with you. And Father, I confess that my heart is not always connected or pure when I pray. And sometimes I am just going through the prayer motions and because somebody has maybe asked for prayer and and I don't know the person or I'm just, you know, I want to pray for them. I want to honor that they asked me, but my heart and my posture is is not... um, compassionately connected and and Lord uh, but I know my position in the kingdom is to pray and Lord thank you that you know the true motive of my heart is for you and to love and, and you love and forgive me for my human condition and that you restore and energize my weary soul when I'm would get weary in prayer and you revive me over and over again And I love that sometimes when I get to that place in prayer and where it feels like a burden, that you usually tell me to turn my prayers into um, like a joyful, optimistic, declaring things to come forth instead of uh, focusing on the the hardship or the tragedy or the, the pain that's happening in someone's life. And so I'm going to uh, expand on the Our Father like you taught me, Lord. And really breaking it out, it starts with saying Our Father. And this is about the focus on who we're praying to. And then it goes on to say, Hallowed be thy name. This is about worshiping you, Lord. And then thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's about believing that your will is the best. thy kingdom, your kingdom, your will be done. That's, I believe, and I always want to pray for your best. 
and on earth as it is in heaven. This is about you know, the authority is in heaven and perfection is in heaven. So we, we're declaring and, and asking to call down uh, the beautiful heavenly kingdom realm down here on this earth. And then we ask for our daily bread. And this is about provision for our daily needs. Mind, body, soul, and spirit, Lord. Whatever they may be. And then forgiving us our trespasses and our sins. That's all about, you know, getting your mercy, Lord. And also with that mercy that we would really have true repentance and turn from our ways and not just keep coming back for that that same grace and mercy over and over again. and just taking advantage of, of your goodness, God. But but let us truly repent and turn from that. And then it goes on to say, as we forgive those who, who trespassed against us. And Lord, that's about forgiving others, Father, which you enable us to do. And then it says, lead us not into temptation. Lord, that is about your protection. We're asking for protection here from those temptations from the enemy. And then deliver us from every evil. And that is asking for not only protection in the the one above, but delivering us out of it. And then thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. So just worshiping you again at the end. This is such an amazing template, Lord. An example of how to pray. And I learned this week about noticing that the Our Father prayer does not use the words me or I or my. Instead, it uses the words one and us and we. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from every evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever so important that we see that we use the words us and we and our because this prayer is not only for ourselves but it's for others it's for the world Lord God so so beautiful that that's how we pray this in verses 14 and 15 aren't talked about much in the church Lord but are so extremely powerful parts that need more attention I think in the Passion Translation, verse 14 and 15 of Matthew 6 state, And when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others, so that your Father in Heaven will also forgive you. But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. Lord, I thank you that you taught me long ago that Holy Spirit will definitely enable me to forgive every offense as I realize that I'm unable to do so in my own human, weak, hurt flesh. 
but you told me, if you've called me to do anything in Scripture, then it is something that is attainable by the power of the living Holy Spirit of God that lives inside of me. This is humbling and fabulous, Lord. I'm so glad that I know, that I know, that I know that all things are possible through you, Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am a totally forgiven child of yours. And I am totally able to forgive every offense against me because you, Holy Spirit, are living in me and enable me to do so. What freedom this brought to my life, Lord. So I stand on that, Lord God. Stand on all these things you taught me this week in your word, Jesus. Bless you, Papa, Abba, Lord, Father. Love you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bless you. Bless you, God. Bless you.